Today, the Below Average Joe's MMA Show present the third annual, the lovely, the lavish, the Joey's. Damn right. We have a revamped mm-hmm. section of awards or superlatives to give out, including the cash it, don't trash it Ooh. category. How about a little hot mic? And finally, the biggest, the baddest of them all, the Joey. Oh. What do these mean? Who's nominated? Who's winning? Find out all this and more, because it all starts right now. Welcome back, everybody. Hello. Thank you for joining us. Episode, what is it, Dom? What episode are we on? Just the Joeys. Just the oh, Joeys. Just the, we are on episode three of our annual yeah, true, true. Joey's MMA award show. I. It's not really an award show, but in a way it is because everybody should feel honored to be given yes. such a prestigious uh, award from yours truly. Mm-hmm. I am one half of your hosting duo. My name is Noah Baker. I'm actually coming to you from the great state of Ohio today mm-hmm. in my mom's basement. I always say that, but Dom, I'm literally in her office. I'm not in a basement. You're not in the basement. Okay. No. Okay. But Dominic is in his I mom's am in the basement, basement, and he is also coming to you from the great state of Ohio. Dominic, how are you feeling? I got to be honest with the viewers. The Joey's has been something that we have enjoyed doing in theory the last two years. But both times have left me personally feeling a bit like a like a fart in church. Is that last fair to year, say? Last know? year, literally. <laughs> so year one, I think it was one of the longest episodes we ever recorded. I think it came in, it clocked in around two and a half hours. Woo, um, those were the early days, Dom, where we just fucking went. Rambled. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I had to work the next day, and that was when I was doing that internship where I had an hour, 20-minute drive, woke up at like 4 a.m. every day. It was terrible. Yeah. yeah. But because of that, I was like extremely tired by the end. I think I started getting real sluggish in the episode, so I wasn't proud yeah. of my work on that episode. And then last year, uh, the vibes were off immediately because <laughs> Dominic was in a full suit, <laughs> and I was looking like a bum. And there's a reason for that. Uh, There was a COVID outbreak at my house during that time. I was the last one to not get it. I thought I had somehow defeated the odds. Right. Uh, But no. Uh, No. Literally (laughs) mid-episode, I started feeling the little scratch in the throat. Mm. My nose started uh, sniffling. Yeah. I, I started getting a little tired. Literally mid-episode, I felt the COVID coming on. I hope people go back now and they're like looking to pinpoint where <laughs> yeah. that happened. If you want to go see the first time when I gave Dom COVID back in 2020, go check out our recap for Anderson Silva versus Uriah Hall. Yeah. yeah. That is the infamous uh, Bob and for Apples episode. Oh, and uh, when Dom made me laugh so hard, I started hacking up a lung. We all should have known what was coming. Apparently we should have, yeah. <clears throat> but um, 
either way, regardless, I just felt unfulfilled with those two episodes. That it wasn't proud of my contributions to either one of them. Some factors out of my control. Of course. And then I started thinking about this year. And I was like, you know, the, everybody does award shows, you know, right? Everybody mm-hmm. does it for fun. A lot, you know, Ariel right. does like the Nose Awards. You have all these mm-hmm. content creators in our space and, and sports in general who do a version of like an award show. Yep. And it's it's usually the same stuff. We tried to add a few different things, most surprising fight, most disappointing yeah. fight, whatever. But I started thinking, I was like, it just doesn't feel like us. Like, I feel like we're like, um, like, uh, what's the word? Uh like cosplaying as something we're not. Like we were, we're kind of just following the herd. Like, yeah, yeah, a little bit. And I said, you know, we're not. We're two guys that don't take ourselves too serious. We, mm-hmm. We're literally just two guys who watch MMA. We've never mm-hmm. trained in it. We've never been like a credentialed reporter, mm-hmm. uh, journalist, I mean. Right. And, um, we have no journalism degrees, nothing. I mean, we're sure. we are just two guys. We are below average, and we watch MMA. Yeah. And because of that, I felt like our awards, but I'm going to call them superlatives, should Mm -hmm. reflect that. They should reflect, you know, that we don't take ourselves too serious. We understand that award shows are kind of lame in general, Mm. and that, you know, we're just doing it for fun. And just to highlight some achievements that I think a lot of people are going to miss, because they don't necessarily fit into your fighter of the year, your fight of the year, mm-hmm. your uh, newcomer of the year, whatever it is, that's what these are. We have eight of them, uh, eight categories overall, mm-hmm. four nominees each. I mm-hmm. thought that was consistent <laughs> with the last two years. Yeah. But Dominic informed me that last year we did five. So yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you tell me. I had COVID. I don't remember. So, <laughs> it's um, all a blur. But regardless, Dominic, I'm kind of ready to just get into it. Are you feeling the same way? I'm pumped. It's revamped. It's the Joey's. What does it mean to be a part of the below average Joe community? That's what we're finding out today on the Joey's. Mm-hmm. Number one, let's get into it. Yeah, so I am going to explain each one of these yep. um, just yep. so everybody kind of knows what they mean because you probably would be confused if I didn't. Right. So our first category, this is the only one that doesn't have nominees per se because it's something we we have of course implemented more of a sports betting side to this show since uh i moved to indiana um and was able to do so Mm -hmm. and we love betting on mma well i'm currently suspended but at one time (laughs) i loved i loved uh betting on mma right Uh, dominic is still carrying the below average bet slip and since the below average bet slip is such a part of the show yep our first category Dom is the cash it don't trash it category. You don't say. And this is awarded to the highest below average bet slip payout of the year. Mm. To the fighter or fight. This does not include yep. parlays, you know, yep. it, it is simply which fighter or which fight gave us the biggest cash out. Mm-hmm. And Dominic, that belongs to Chris Barnett oh at a plus three thirty. Versus Jake Collier, I believe that was UFC 279. Come on, our boy Huggy Bear, what mm. a what a what a performance! You know, me and Dominic believed in him. We both went in on that one. I believe uh, we had something like three units on it. I think it would have been a hefty one. Three. 
I believe it was three units at plus 330. Uh, nothing came close. Uh, in, in terms of our combined biggest payout of the year, nothing came close to that yeah. one. That was those were better times, Dom, when me and you when I was on my hot streak and you were still holding consistent. Holding steady, and, yeah. But Dominic, Chris Barnett, congratulations to him. Oh, Any yes. thoughts about this being the biggest uh, payout of the year? Oh, this has got to be the one bet of the year where I was just on the edge of my seat. I mean, it didn't come easy, Noah. I mean, plus 330, and it looked like it in the cage. Huggy Bear was going through it in that fight, but he came back, he scratched, he clawed, he gets the finish. Insert video here because I went absolutely bonkers. Go, Chris! Go, Chris! Yes! When he won that fight, no, I had dogs hopping all over me. My girlfriend's cracking up trying to film a video of me. It was just what a – I wouldn't want any other fighter to in, inject me with those emotions than Huggy Bear himself, Chris mm -hmm. Barnett. I, I mean, I want to hug him right now for getting the cash it, don't trash it winner. I mean, come on. That is a fame. That is a very iconic video of Dominic, uh, recorded by his girlfriend Jaden, of course. Mm -hmm. yes. uh, that's where I coined the uh, the terms. I'll let you guys vote in the comments. Um, <laughs> is Dom and Jaden's couple name Jom or Dayden? Uh, Pick your poison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. both of those sound like uh, like if I if I had kids named that, I'd probably just. Uh, no, you're on your own now. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, your name's your name's Jom. All right, you're not my son anymore. <laughs> and that's what he gives us as options. That's the nickname, <laughs> but it, it's fine. Everything's fine. Um, I feel like there was something else I was going to say there, but we'll go on to category number two. Number two. Maybe it'll come back to me later. And we're going to talk about Dom, the category of hot mic. Ooh, okay. This is awarded to the best line of the year. Now, this could be in a Octagon interview, a pre-fight press conference, a post-fight press conference, uh, perhaps some sort of embedded or um, promotional video. Mm -hmm. You know, you gotta keep uh, your even eyes from, peeled. Even from someone's own social media, it could be any, even a tweet. Fuck it. Uh, a we Conor McGregor uh, voice message on Twitter. Yeah, his, vo <laughs> his voice tweets. He's yeah. like, "Autumn, you little rat." Yeah. Meet me in the gym. If he didn't delete them all, we could have really went through all those and those, tried to find I, one. I didn't. I still have never seen someone utilize voice tweets except Connor. The only one, and they're fantastic every time. But regardless, <laughs> this is just the best line of the year. Like it, it's we, me and Dominic, since we are such big fans of the sport, we do tend to enjoy when when we have those fights where guys are respectful. And, you know, the shake hands, they say, have a good fight with one another. You know, the guys like Steven Thompson and, mm -hmm. you know, some of the nicest guys. But inevitably, Dom, we like a little bit of trash talk, too. We do. We do. Yeah. You know, our WWE roots do not die easy. They show sometimes. Yeah. yeah. So for the best line of the year, for the Hot mic nominees, yeah. we have Hinato Moicano. Moicano wants money! <laughs> I mean, it's legendary. Legend. Charles Oliveira. Tá faltando alguma coisa aqui, não tá? O campeão se chama Charles Oliveira. O Charles do Bronx. The champion has a name, and it's Charles Oliveira from the Bronx. Said, of course, in his uh, native tongue. Uh, it was not English that he right. said that in. Right. Uh, that kind of makes it cooler in a way. It does. Think, definitely you know? does. 
Uh, Leon Edwards. Oh. You're going to be hearing his name a lot today. I just got goosebumps hearing it, Noah. And the last nominee goes to Alex Pajera. Quem apanha nunca esquece. Tenho certeza que ele não esqueceu. That was a video done for what was it? Uh, UFC. UFC 281 Countdown. Countdown. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so that one's kind of unique here, where mm-hmm. the other three were octagon interviews after the fight. And at least I think, or was the champion has a name, or was did he that say kinda that all the time? He kind of said he, it all year. Well, because he, he said it, I think he said it in the octagon. But then there was also that video of him walking backstage after beating Gaethje, and he's like, mm-hmm. "Something looks wrong here. Where's my belt?" Like, you know. Yeah, I believe the first time he ever said it was after the weight miss, and he—that's when it came for the first time, okay. and then it just kept coming the whole year. But this makes the Alex Pajero one pretty unique. Mm-hmm. And um, because it's, of course, not an octagon interview. Uh, but once again, another guy in a native tongue yeah. that makes it just sound so much more threatening and terrifying. Yes. And there is a little music, a little ambiance in the background of that one that you have him with the bow and arrow in the video. Yes. It's sort of a perfect storm. So, Dominic, without further ado, the winner is mm-hmm. Alex Bahara. There it is. A bit of an upset. A bit of an upset here. I, I would feel say. Like, I would. I say. think a lot of people are going to be. I think the clear front runner for this one was Leon Edwards, mm-hmm. and I can't blame anyone for that one because that is a dope ass line, and considering the circumstances of mm-hmm. what came into that moment, yeah, add a little something to it. But I will just say we're only on number two. Yeah. So just hold your horses. We got six more. Mm-hmm. Promise you, when we get to the end, you won't even remember that Leon Edwards didn't get this one. Hey, and at least, you know, you look at Alex here. It happened in the countdown, like Noah said. As mm-hmm. soon as the sentence stopped, the arrow releases, he shoots it. And then when you look at hindsight, he comes <clears> back <throat> in the fifth round, much like Leon Edwards, gets the title against a man he's already beaten twice. The whole context of their rivalry with this phrase I mean, that's pretty chilling, let's be Let honest. Let me ask you a question. If Alex Pajara loses the fight to Izzy, the way the fight went, it was pretty close. But let's say Izzy doesn't get knocked out. Let's say Pajara still wins the round, but Izzy survives. Mm-hmm. Does this still win this category? I think winning just makes it more important, so I think no. I don't think mm-hmm. so. And, and I'm going to take it a step further with another nominee, Charles Oliveira, the champion, has a name. If he beats Islam Makachev, that's far and above the phrase of the year because every single person was talking about it in the community. Every week, it seemed like when Charles would be discussed, you would see that quote. But that's not how the cookie crumbled. Alex wins. He gets the uh, hot mic winner. I am going to give a special shout-out to Hinato Moicano. Even though I, me and Dom were kind of uh, reverse on how we felt about this one, he was sort of the one I had like fourth. Mm-hmm. And Dom, I think, had him as kind of his front runner to begin. <laughs> yeah. But it's admittedly the funniest of all of these. Oh, absolutely. Yes. And I think, Dom, the only thing that maybe I overlooked in hindsight now that we've awarded it to Pahara mm-hmm. is out of all four of these lines, it cannot be disputed that the one that boosted the individual who said it stocked the most was Hinata Moicano. Yes, I would agree. I would agree with that. Yes. I think his stock was boosted big time with that uh, post, mm-hmm. post-fight post speech. And I, I think a lot of people gained a lot of respect for him and thought it was hilarious, thought he looked, was awesome. And 
Um, the rest of these guys were already awesome going into yeah. their <laughs> giving. It's like there, he so. he let them know, hey, Hinato's here now. That's what that. So, I, so I could definitely, thing. I think in hindsight, maybe I overlooked that a little bit, but you know, Alex Pajera, none the same, mm-hmm. is your winner. There you go. Next up, Dom, we're going to go to the old reliable category. Yeah, let them know. This is given to the veteran who took on every challenge for the year of 2022. Um, think of like a Cowboy Cerrone back a few yeah. years ago. Yeah. You know, the guy who just took on every challenge, did not give a shit who he was fighting, how bad of a matchup it was for him. A guy who had been there, done that with a lot of good fighters. Um the wins and losses can help for sure, but I don't think it's necessarily imperative that the guy who takes every challenge wins them because ultimately we're looking at guys that were pretty heavy underdogs in many of these fights. So there's going to be some guys on here that lost most of their fights this year. Yeah. That's just that's not the point of it, you know? Right. It's the respect gained for taking the challenge on. They're sacrificing their spot, a lot mm-hmm. of these guys, you know? Yep. So our four nominees are as follows. Hmm. Drew Dober. Ooh. Yeah. Jack Hermanson. Mm-hmm. Neil Magny. Yeah. And Michael Johnson. Oh, what a list. What a list. Great list. A great list. Uh, Drew Dober actually did go undefeated this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack Hermanson, I believe, went one and two. Yep. Lost to Sean Strickland and Roman Delize, and he has yep. a win over Chris Curtis. Neil Magny. Lost to Shavkat Rachmanov. He beat Daniel Rodriguez, and he beat, uh, what's his name in Columbus? Uh, uh, Max Griffin. Max Griffin. So he went 2-1 and one this year. Mm-hmm. And Michael Johnson had that controversial decision loss uh, to our boy out in Australia, right? Um, oh, uh, Jamie Malarkey. Yeah. Jamie Malarkey, and then he got a big win a couple weeks ago. Michael mm-hmm. Johnson did against uh, Mark Chikasey. Yes, yes. I believe that was it for him I, this year. He may have even fought a third time. It's blanking me, but he might have went two and one. I can't remember. Regardless, mm-hmm. the winner is yeah, Neil Magny. Ooh, could it really have gone to anybody else? Because I'm going to be honest with you guys. When I when I was I was in the lab and I'm thinking of some categories to make for this specific show. And this was literally made because yeah. of the year Neil Magny had in 2022. And really what he's been doing. His career. For multiple yeah. years now. Yes, yes. Um, the biggest things to give him credit for, the shavkat Rachmano fight. He called for that fight. He asked for that fight. Nobody wants to fight shavkat Rachmanov. Neil Magny said, I'm your guy. Yeah. Before that, Dom, let's not forget the Hamzat Chemaev um, where he, we really thought at one time that should have been the fight for him. Neil said, give me that fight. I will take this guy on. Never happened, but he wasn't because of him because he right. wanted that fight every step of the way. And funny enough, the UFC didn't seem all that keen on it. I wonder, were they perhaps a little scared that Neil might, uh, might shock the world? I don't know. But I thought Neil Magnet because I literally constructed this category around him. Yeah. He had to be the first winner. I almost wanted to name the award the after Neil, him. The Neil Magny Award, yeah. Yeah, but um, maybe down the road that'll happen. Yeah. But for now, Dominic, any thoughts on some of our other nominees or maybe more to say about Neil Magny? I think uh, 
I think if I were to pick a, a runner up, right? I mean, we don't do that because we give the nominees, but Jack Hermanson, when you want to talk mm. about someone that was sacrificing their spot, you know, takes on Sean Strickland, which made sense in the rankings and yada, yada, yada. But yes, he loses that fight. But then he welcomes Chris Curtis when he didn't yep. have to. He was scheduled to fight Darren Till in the main event. Darren Till gets injured. Enter Chris Curtis, who was not ranked at that time. Jack did not need to take that fight and give Curtis the chance to take his place. He did win that fight pretty convincingly, as we know. Copy-paste, Noah, the same thing happens with Roman Delize just, what, a week or two ago at this mm -hmm. point? And Delize gets the victory, like I said, via the STFU. Shout out to John Cena, the way it looked. And he loses his number eight ranking to a man that was outside looking in, not even in the top 15. So that's what it's like, all reliable, just putting your spot on the line. Don't care. Welcoming all comers. That's got to be my biggest uh, takeaway outside of, of course, our winner here, Neil Magny. And also, for Neil, I want to say that him getting this is more uh, impactful because look what he's getting now in January, Noah. A shot at, what, number two or number three ranked Gilbert mm -hmm. Burns, his biggest Very chance true. to date. It just makes sense. Yeah, that's a very good point there for, for our guy, Neil Magny. And I really like the sentiment about Jack Hermanson. Mm. I think we're going to look back on this year, Dom, as we continue to do the Joeys for years and years ahead. Mm -hmm. I think we'll look back on this year as being a very strong year for this category because in most years ahead, I would say if you plopped the year Jack Hermanson had in that year, he's probably winning more yeah. times than not. But he's going up against the guy who I literally constructed the the whole category around. So <laughs> exactly. that's a that's an uphill battle. But yeah. regardless, we will move on to category number four. Four, yeah. I was trying to think of four in Spanish. That's cuatro, right? Uno, dos, tres, cuatro. Yeah, I think right, so. Okay. I, I It didn't come to me right away, so I moved past it. But <laughs> regardless, number four, Dom, this is a... The Tom Cruise category. I'll let him know here. This is going to be a little bit of a startle, I'd say. Yeah, so why why is it named Tom Cruise, you might be asking yourself. What does Tom Cruise and yeah. this these fighters have in common? Well, Dominic, that's because there's a very famous uh, movie franchise that Tom Cruise stars in huh? uh, where he not only achieves the impossible, but some would say it was a mission that was impossible. Mm -hmm. um, and that is simply what we're looking at here. Who in 2022 achieved the impossible in MMA? <sighs> a who lot of people. The, who had the odds stacked <laughs> against them and came out on top in one way or another? Mm -hmm. So with that, Dominic, your nominees are mm -hmm. Leon Edwards versus Kamara Usman. Mm -hmm. Told you he'd be popping up again. <laughs> yeah. Alex Pajera versus Israel Adesanya. Mm -hmm. Nate Diaz mm. versus Tony Ferguson. Hear us out. And Larissa Pacheco versus Kayla Harrison. Shout out to yeah. the PFL getting yep. in on this. Yep. Well, Dominic, your winner is Leon Edwards versus Kayla oh. oh, I mean, this was as easy of a choice as we had for this, these list of categories. Now we have some great nominees underneath. Yes. yes. But let me uh, address the elephant in the room. Nate Diaz versus Tony Ferguson. 
this is one of those where I said, you know, it's not necessarily that you achieve the impossible by winning your fight. Is that the case? I mean, it, more times than not, yes. But when you look at fight week of UFC 279 and what the UFC were really trying to do to Nate, because he wanted out the door, he wanted out of his contract, or I guess he wanted to f- complete his contract and move on. Yep. They did. They stacked that deck so hard against him. They give him Hamza Chimaev, a fight that doesn't make sense, but you know they they force it. They force it. They put it in a main event, five rounds on pay per view. Nate Diaz's final fight. They're gonna have Hamza come in here and you know destroy him and then send him out the door so his values lessened. And then Hamza misses weight by eight pounds. Then all of a sudden, Tony Ferguson's put in the main event. Yeah. Nate Diaz accepts the fight, saves Mm -hmm. the card, Mm -hmm. and then goes on to beat Tony Ferguson and walk out with a bag full of cash and said deuces to the UFC. Come on. Mic drop. So... I understand that it was probably number four out of these four, but I don't think it's uh, as lackluster of an option as some may think because I think you consider all those factors going in mm-hmm. makes it a pretty strong contender. But in this category, I mean, Leon Edwards had to be. He was the one I, I almost named this after him, but then I, I, I thought Tom Cruise was kind of funny to you. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, yeah. any thoughts here, Dom? It's unreal. I mean, rarely do you see a dominant champion get beaten, hence the name, you know, dominant, and then especially in the fifth round after being up. Oh, and then to cap that off, rarely do you see it twice in the same year. Leon Edwards and Alex Pereira both did that, but the emphatic knockout, one shot. I mean, what did he say, right? Pound for pound, headshot, dead. Yeah, that takes the cake over the TKO fashion of Alex Pereira. I mean, it was just unreal. A guy, you look at Leon's career, all the ups, all the downs, the inactivity, the injuries, <clears throat> the competition, even at some points, though, the win streak with the, yeah, of course, no contest sprinkled in there that we always <laughs> like to joke about. It, it all just came full circle and it was a moment of this year in 2022 that I was truly left speechless, utterly stunned, shocked. Maybe I peed my pants a little. I don't really remember. I just blacked out. It was an unreal moment. He has to get this. He achieved mm-hmm. the impossible, Noah. He did. That's very true. Very true. They even had the – there was some great edits coming out after, oh. like the Rocky music in there. Yeah. yeah. And he had in the factor of his coach. Oh, my yes. God. The, yes. Come on, Leon. Like you got it, It's a movie. It's got, a movie. It's literally a movie. Like it. It feels like a Rocky movie so much that that video. Oh my god. Mm. Mm. I could take a bath in that video. Does that make sense? Not really. Category number five. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dominic, we're moving over into a little beautiful chaos. Oh, it's a phrase we love so much, Noah. It is. Yep. Merch coming. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but this is probably our for our first phrase that I feel like we kind of oh yeah on here. Ooh. Beautiful chaos is pretty simple in case you can't tell. Mm-hmm. That's Dominic. We're gonna be giving out our nominees for this, and well, I just kind of foobarred my uh, introduction <laughs> for it. But the beautiful chaos is essentially the fight that brought the violence for 2022. Yes. Yeah. So not necessarily a fight of the year. Mm-hmm. It's more than that, or less than that. More than that in some ways, less than that in others. 
We're looking for blood and guts, yeah. heart, and just action-packed, fun fight of the Violence. Yeah, yeah, violence. Yeah. Clearly, I just said a bunch of words that... <laughs> that's right, the definition of violence in Webster's. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> what I just said. So, Dominic, the nominees are... Okay. Hamza Chimaev versus Gilbert Burns. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Matt Schnell versus Sue Maderji. Mm-hmm. Nate Landwehr versus oh, David Onama. My guy. And last but not least, Drew Dober versus Rafael Alves. Mm, people are going to forget that one, Noah. Yep, yep. So we really did our digging for this one. You know, respect to us, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, the winner is. Mm. Matt Schnell versus Sue Maderji. This was a tough category. Let's talk him through it. Every fight on here had something over the other. Yeah. Chimaev versus Burns was the biggest of the four, the most mm-hmm. impactful in terms of what it did for the guys' careers. You know, Hamza right. immediately cemented as a main eventer slash yes. uh, title challenger at that point, and even raised Gilbert Burns' stock. Then you look at, like, Landwehr versus Onama, which is Ooh. the most batshit crazy fun of these four. Yeah. You look at Dober versus Alves, which has the most creative finish out of all of these. I think it's the only one that has a finish out of all of these. And uh, Dober with the body kick to finish it. Mm. But Schnell versus Maderji is everything I said as like the definition. This fight has all of that. It has the blood. It has yeah. the guts. It has the heart. It has momentum shifts throughout. There are multiple times you think Schnell's done, then Sue's done, then it went. I mean, the I believe it ended in the second round in in this fight. A submission, and, yeah. Yeah, it felt like we were in round four of a five-round fight. <laughs> yeah. The amount yeah. that happened, the amount of carnage, violence that these two inflicted on one another is truly life-changing in many ways. Yeah. But Matt Schnell comes out on top, and you have a great photo of once he chokes out Sue, and uh, the ref calls it and he lets go. Sue's just lifeless corpse. Just, oh, it's scary. It's a scary yeah, it's photo. Scary. It, it was so scary, in fact, Dom, that when ESPN posted this photo on their Twitter and all the comments were talking about how this was human cockfighting that this mm. sport needed to be banned. And I said, whoa, I just woke up in John <laughs> McCain's 1996. Like, yeah. what the hell is going on here? So it was so much carnage and chaos that people were calling for the sport to be banned like we was 30 years ago, baby. Yeah. So for that reason alone, outside of many others, it, it gets this. Yeah, it's just the 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 blood and the guts. And, and when you add in the comeback from Matt Schnell, I just think it really emphasizes it. You know, Because when you look at that fight, you don't think he has a chance to win, let alone get a finish. And mm. that's exactly what he did. And another full circle moment for Noah. He's going to have another one here in a few minutes. With Matt Schnell, right? We remember the infamous yeah. the oh. episode of From Cars oh, and you know, all the fun stuff, right? Yeah, I, I've been calling that man Max Schnell for way too long. <laughs> and, and now he's a Joey winner, and it's beautiful. And, no, I want to say one thing because we may get a question or two potentially out there mm. because I think people are going to say, whoa, 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 Glover versus Yuri. Why is it not in the discussion? Do we need to at least let them know why it didn't make the cut here? 
I mean, I think Glover Neary would be, if we were doing a fight of the year, I think it'd be our number one, right? I yeah. mean, I think that's yeah. pretty safe to say. Yeah. Um, that's not what this category is. And don't right. get me wrong, I know that fight does bring the violence. It brings mm-hmm. a lot to it. Uh, and in a lot of ways, I think it's a more complete fight than some of these because, yeah, for one, it's a title fight. Yeah. Um, and you see not only a lot of great stand-up wars here, but you get ground battles. And, yep. Um, but at, at the end of the day, for this category, I think that that holds it back a little bit because there are extended periods in this fight where there's a lot of wrestling happening, submission attempts and whatnot. So yeah. um, we wanted to focus more on those kind of, you know, imagine if I could think of a moment that sort of uh, exemplifies what this category is about. It's like Max Holloway pointing and Ricardo Lamas, yes. you know, yes. just swinging and banging. It's yeah. Dustin Poirier and Max Holloway pointing to the yeah. center of the octagon. I mean, it's it's that kind. It's the Robbie Lawler, mm-hmm. uh, Rory McDonald stare down, down at the end of round four. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff that exemplifies what this category is about and who we're going to give it to. So, well said. Yeah. Uh, just a few more here. Category number six, Dom. We're talking about the posterizer. Ooh, posterizer, that's a basketball term. Uh, yeah. Usually a posterizer is a, a dunk where someone gets, uh, well, they lose their man card a little bit. Dom, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Usually you're trying to defend a, defend somebody going into the paint, put your hands up, you're trying to block a shot, whatever, and then you end up getting dunked on. Yeah. It's so sweet when it happens that it gets put on a poster and that's being posterized. So yes. for our non uh other sport fans, I just you learned something new today. But mm-hmm. for these purposes, the posterizer is the highlight real finish of the year. Yes. Submissions, knockouts, anything. Nut mm-hmm. shots, perhaps a DQ finish. Ooh. Maybe in the future, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. But Dominic, the nominees are Michael Chandler versus Tony Ferguson. Oof. Molly McCann versus Luana Carolina. <laughs> Marlon Vera versus Dominic Cruz. Mm-hmm. And Leon Edwards versus Kamar Usman. I told you guys he'd be popping up again. <sighs> and Dominic, your winner is. Mm-hmm. It's Leon Edwards versus Kamar Usman. I mean. <laughs> Come on. How can you not? How can you, can you not? Can you understand now, people, why we gave Pajara <laughs> the hot mic? Leon would have won all the damn awards. Because on we can't have a full sweep. I mean, yeah. this finish, you take in what the circumstances around it. You know, mm-hmm. what's happening. Leon down big in round five. He needs a finish to win the title, to defeat Kamaru Usman. It's likely the only t- It took him so long to get this title fight. The idea that he would lose a second time to Kamaru and Kamaru may be champion for much longer, He, him getting back to the title fight would uh, be impossible. Yeah. Almost. So he throws the head kick. It lands flush. Kamaru goes down. And, I, and, and I've seen really nice posters, photos of that moment yeah. already. So it's already been made a poster. Yes. So it's the posterizer. There you go. What more can you say? What more can you say? I mean, all of these were brutal knockouts in their own right. I mean, Michael Chandler with the front kick KO. You don't get to see many of those. 
Marlon Vera broke Dominic Cruz's nose with the left high kick. Molly McCann with the spinning back fist, straight up knockout. They were all very, very brutal. But again, when you just bring in all the factors and all what's at stake, being down in the fight, championship, fifth and final round, just a minute and a half or however much time left to go, and then you put out the pound-for-pound best fighter in the world, it was an easy decision for Leon to get this one. Let's move on to category number seven. Two more here. Madam MMA. Yes. This is for the defining moment for women's MMA in 2022. Mm. You know, we've seen some women over, you know, throughout our categories here, and they're going to be eligible for all of them, but we wanted to have a category that shined a light on the achievements of women's MMA for the year. Women are a pretty big part of the sport. Mm-hmm. There obviously are less fights for women than men, but there are women headlining cards. There are mm-hmm. champions, obviously. Ronda Rousey, you date back to her, one of the biggest to ever do it. So it's a necessity for for this, the premier award show in MMA, yeah. to have something for the women. So, Dominic, your nominees are mm-hmm. Zhang Wei Li's 2022, Molly McCann's back-to-back knockouts in London, Larissa Pacheco upsetting and handing Kayla Harrison her first professional MMA loss, mm-hmm. and Liz Carmouche finally becoming a world champion. Mm. And the winner is? Mm. Larissa Pacheco. Ah. Larissa Pacheco. Had to be. Um, there's not a moment that was bigger for women's MMA in 2022. Yeah. Um, you know, for PFL, Kayla Harrison has been such a big deal for them. Yep. She's someone that we are high on because, of course, she's awesome, but also she hails from our neck of the woods. Yep. And to see her lose was such a shock because she had already defeated Pacheco twice yep. and had looked had shown no sign of slowing down. Now, Pacheco had had a great run in 2022 anyways, but to put the cherry on top of finally getting that monkey off your back, beating the woman who you couldn't beat before and being the first one to beat her professionally, get that million dollars, and now all of a sudden we're talking about maybe a pay-per-view headliner between the two next year. I mean, this was the biggest moment for women's MMA in 2022, no doubt. Yeah, it absolutely was. We were really wanting to give Liz Carmouche her shine because it was so good seeing her come full circle, get that title after all the ups and downs, the UFC career, the Bellator career now. Uh, But Larissa, to do that against someone she had already lost to twice, to defeat the face of the PFL and really send them into lingo for 2023. It was just the perfect storm for her. Not to mention she had to go four and Oh this year, three first round knockouts. I mean, it was just quite the year for Larissa in general. And then when you cap off what she did against a dominant champion, Madame MMA. And finally, Dom. Oh my goodness. The last category of the evening. Mm Mm-hmm. And it is simply and everlastingly yeah, the Joey. The Joey. 
Now, this one might be the most complicated to explain out of all yeah, these. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, some would look at this and say, well, this is kind of just, if, if, I, if I had to sum it up, it's a fighter of the year. But it's not your average fighter of the year. Right, right. This won't be your normal choices. This won't be your Islam Makachevs or your Alex Beharas or your Alexander Volkanovskis. Could they be on here? Sure. But that is not purely, it is not purely your accomplishments that get you in here. Right. It's a mixture. Yes. Our fighter of the year, we wanted something that best represents our show, right? Like, Mm -hmm. this is our show. This is our categories our awards whatever you want to call it so we wanted something for this like what makes it our fighter of the year compared to everybody else everybody else might have the same guy for all we know right and what it is is it's a mixture of not only your accomplishments inside the octagon but dominic it is the support we had for that fighter along the way mm-hmm. were we mm-hmm. singing their praises week in and week out Yep. Are we declaring that they would become a next champion or a next contender? You know, that is what really makes it. So that way when we go move on ahead and we go to somebody who watched our podcast throughout 2022 and we go, you know, who's the fighter that best summarizes the below average Joes in 2022? They'll probably say this fighter's name because it is someone we had just talked about over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. So right. it's not going to be the obvious names here. And funny enough, Dom, it's not all under one promotion. It's actually split. Yes. We got a little two from uh, PFL. I almost said Bellator, uh, the one promotion that's not on this category. (laughs) Two from PFL, two from UFC, and the nominees are Olivier Albin Mercier, Mm -hmm. Brendan Lochnane, Mm -hmm. Marlon Vera. Mm Mm-hmm. And Bilal Muhammad. Oh, man. Oh, man. And the winner is... Brendan Lochnane. Oh, how many people, Rudisner right now, are you just stunned? Yeah, I think think we just stunned the crowd. (laughs) I think I stunned myself. (laughs) The cold stone stunner. What? What it all comes down to, guys, is this is for me and Dom to decide. Mm-hmm. Me and Dom have a say in who gets this. I think if me and Dom had split, like if I had a winner and Dom had a winner, <laughs> yeah, we may have picked two different fighters than Brendan Lochnane. Yeah. Because I think if you were to summarize my 2022, it is my come to terms with Bilal Muhammad is actually kind of cool. <laughs> what a moment, really. It's beautiful. I mean, I admit, beginning of 2022... I couldn't stand watching Bilal Muhammad. And then not only did I win money on him against Sean Brady, but it was an awesome fight, and he looked awesome in it. And even before that, he looked really good against Stephen uh, – not Stephen. He did look good against Stephen Thompson, but uh, Vicente Luque. My turnaround, my 180 turnaround on uh, Bilal was clearly my storyline for 2022. Yes. And I would have I would have argued Dominic with Olivier Aubin Mercier. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the biggest champion I think out there for anybody for OAM. Even our first ever uh, Cage Side Rewind yeah. had OAM on it, and Dominic yeah. was so into that fight. Mm-hmm. So instead, we come to terms on a winner, and it's neither of those guys. It's Brendan Lochnane. Yeah. But I don't think this is like a poor man's winner here. 
Mm-mm. Brendan Lochnane. We really established not that the storyline wasn't out there, but our on our show, what really gave this the edge was we really set the tone for this season for Brendan Lochnane. Yeah. From from day one, yeah. or from his first fight of the season, it was we already had the built-in storyline of this was a guy that was rejected after winning on the contender series. It was controversial. Everybody was saying, Dana, you made a mistake. And Dana came on and was like, well, if I made a mistake, then one of these other promotions is going to have, it's going to pick him up. And then, you know, he can prove me wrong. Yeah. Brendan had looked good, but he had also looked a little disappointing in previous seasons in the PFL. You know, last season kind of, he had his moments, but it was also a little underwhelming at times. Yeah. So this season, it was like, okay, we're about two, three years removed from all that. Now is the time for him to really show if he was worth all that drama and that he is who he says he is. He is the hype. Right. And we followed that along this year, Dom. Mm -hmm. The Chris Wade fight was a personally conflicting one for me because not only did I love the story for Lockney and wanted to see him succeed, but I really liked Chris Wade and the attitude he was bringing to that fight. He gets past that one pretty easily, and then he wins his first championship with the PFL in a million dollars. And now he looks poised to have a big fight perhaps next year with maybe Shane Burgos. Mm -hmm. So his stock has risen to a huge level, and it seems like the PFL are loving the fact that Dana White made that decision just a couple years ago. Anything else you would like to add for that? Oh, I mean, you summed it up perfectly. I think just the way Brendan's career had gone, it started with the rejection. It started with the losing seasons, not making it to the playoffs and whatnot last year. Even this season, I believe his first fight was a razor close uh, decision that some would say it was even controversial. And from there, though, fight by fight, he got better and better. There were more and more talking points about him. And then he finishes Bubba Jenkins in the finals. It was just, he needed it. This is a year that Brendan Lochnane needed Noah, and he went out and got it, goes 4-0, becomes PFL champion, becomes the Joey winner, more importantly. The nominees were incredible in this category. I think the way that you describe this category uh, is very important and uh, very well emphasized for the future as well. It's more than just winning. It's about the relevance, not only with us, but within the community and what, what's at stake in every one of your fights. Uh, and, and that's what this category is. That's what Brendan Lochnane was. What a year. What a year for him. What a year mm. for all these people. What a year for the sport, Noah. What yep. a year. Yeah, congratulations to all of our winners. Mm. But, Dominic, we're not ending the show right now. I didn't think so. There's only one way we end the show around here, and that's with the little segment we like to call closing statements oh my the point of the show where me and dom can talk about anything and everything mma related or not so dominic do you have any closing statements for this now friday uh, edition i just want everyone to know that home alone 2 is much 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 better than home alone 1 it is the superior home alone movie it is the funnier home alone movie and it is just the all-around better home alone movie and it gives me an excuse to input my favorite movie clip maybe of all time marv take it away
Look, that clip is fucking hilarious. I mean, the memes about that clip. Mm. When you nut and she keeps sucking. I mean, just all timers, Dom. Yeah, they're endless. They're endless. Um, but I, I will agree with you that it is funnier. But the first Home Alone is a much better movie. I mean, Home Alone 2 copies Home Alone. Well, the concept, yes, of course. Of course. Well, okay. I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. But, like, yes, it's cool that they go to New York. But the bird lady is literally the same as the old man from the first one. It's the same character, just slightly different quirkiness. He's Wait terrified of both of them. He thinks they're both murderous, vengeful people. Mm-hmm. And they turn out to save him in the end and be very polite. Okay. That about cover it? No. Oh, I thought you were going to go more. That one's not enough to sway me. No, what? I thought okay, you were going okay, to hold sway on. me. I, no, no, no. I no, mean, no. it is relevant, though, Dom, that it's literally the same plot as the first movie. It's <laughs> the same all, plot. The no, no, no. Don't, don't say that. Don't say that. Seven. Look, I love the second one. I think it's great. But you can't say it's a better movie when it's literally just the first movie done again i mean we're talking about i mean do we have to talk about how the second one just makes his parents look like the worst parents in the world this is very true you could trick me into thinking one time maybe something like that happens but two times and he went to new york i mean (laughs) i've been at it's funny you actually said that i've been seeing this i don't know if it's necessarily a meme but like a trend right now on twitter for christmas movie villains and one of them was uh, Charlie's mom in the Santa Claus movie being a villain when, and then it okay. broke it down. And the other one was Kevin's dad and how he's a villain for like not caring about his son. And so yeah. that's just so, funny. You bro said that. I just think yeah. that even though I love the second one, I think it's a great double feature to watch both of them around the holidays. Mm. I agree. It's funnier. And for some people, maybe even you, that could be a nut. Like I, I love the laugh. I love comedy. If I wasn't such a movie buff, that's the difference. I would probably side with you because to me, before I really got into movies, it was like if something made me laugh more than the other, then I would just say it's a better movie. But the first Home Alone is it stands the test of time. Home Alone Two is a great compliment. It is a great double feature, Mm. but it has to have Home Alone before it. Home Mm. Alone is the best Christmas movie. Oh, that's your all-time favorite Christmas movie. There are some great ones. There um, are. I'm there not going to I'm not going to actually, you know, I'm not going to say it's the best, but it's my favorite. Yeah. And I would also argue I think it's the one that best gives you the Christmas feeling, if that makes sense. Mm. Like I love movies like Christmas Vacation. Yeah. Elf is very funny. Um, even Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger is pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, what are some other? I mean, the Santa Claus is okay. I've never been huge. Christmas on Santa Story. Claus. Um, have I seen? Oh, oh, Christmas Story. I was like, if I seen it, I was thinking of a Christmas Carol, which I don't think mm-hmm. I've ever actually seen. But me neither. A Christmas Story. I I understand why. I I like a Christmas Story. Yeah. But can we admit that the movie is a little overrated? Like, is it really the to movie get that the twenty four hour marathon? Hours, like, I don't know if any movie deserves the, yeah. that. I mean, if you gave Home Alone, Home Alone, and then Home Alone two, just kept replay going for them for twenty four hours, <laughs> and let's forget about the other 
couple home loans that have been yeah. made. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's. Uh, Sorry, I kind of stole your closing statement because I just hopped in. Hey, it was, was a like, question and you answered. Or um, I, really, I made a statement, but it's fine. It's fine. Um, for my closing statement, mm. felt like I had something. Do I have something? Oh, I do have something. Mm. Just going to you know, vent a little bit about how frustrating it is or how much of a tease it is, Dom, that I come back to Ohio for the holidays and sports betting is just around the corner, but yeah. it's not going to be firmly legal here until I'm fucking leaving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've been getting into the habit of I'm bet I'm betting on stuff daily, guys. Yeah. But unfortunately, I can't do that because I'm in Ohio and I'm not going to drive to Indiana every day. Are you getting I mean, an itch? Well, I, I basically what I did was before I left, I made a pick for every NFL game this weekend. And every bowl game. You loaded up. Yeah. That wiped out the whole balance. I mean, that was <laughs> and then all in a couple Christmas Day NBA games. That yeah. was that was what I yeah. could do. But so many of these sports don't have lines till the ne- the day before. Like yeah. you have to, it's all daily. So because of that, I could only do so much. So I'm really feeling like yesterday I had a great night. Like I hit both my hockey plays, did pretty good on college basketball. And then today it's like, mm-hmm. man, I can't do any of those. I got to do – I mean, I love – football's, you know, king, but, man, it's just tough. And, yeah, um, especially when hockey's your newfound love for sports betting. I mean, you're uh, – Dude, I, I've, I've only – I think out of the eight hockey bets I've made this season, I've only lost one. So I mean, he's I'm, seven and one, guys. Guys, I mean, I'm – I No, it's him. The, I hit the puck like no other. <laughs> yeah, quote of the year. Hey, save yeah. it for the Joeys. Yeah. I am. Who's a really good? Who's, who's like? Who's like a really good? Uh, I am Sidney Crosby. Yeah. I was trying to think of a really good hockey player. I couldn't help you, so it's fine. Okay. Well, my name's Noah Baker. That's Dominic Lee. We are but just two of the below average Joes, and we'll see you guys on sometime. <laughs> see ya. <laughs>